As you know, I love to teach both the patient and the practitioner about the various options available today in the medical aesthetics world. If you are a medical aesthetics practitioner or clinic owner, I warmly invite you to join one of my colleagues and I, Christy Legorg. She's a 10 plus year medical aesthetics marketing agency owner for practitioners and med spa clinic owners on how to build your beauty brand. Head on over to buildingyourbeautybrand.com now and join our next upcoming live webinar. I would love to connect with you as a fellow colleague in the medical aesthetics space and help you build the practice of your dreams. See you soon with Christy and I over at buildingyourbeautybrand.com. Welcome to the Rachel Varga podcast with your host, Rachel Varga, registered nurse. Beauty is a feeling and a quiet confidence that comes from being perfectly aligned, body, mind, and spirit. I've devoted my life to developing myself, and my purpose now is to help develop you. I'd like to introduce you to my very dear guest, Dr. Patrick Yang. Dr. Yang joins us from Victoria in Vancouver, British Columbia, where he practices as an ophthalmologist and oculoplastic surgeon. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. In this episode, Dr. Patrick Yang and I are going to talk about a number of different non-surgical and surgical rejuvenation procedures. Why I'm so passionate about sharing this topic with you, even though it might be a little taboo for some of you, is because I really don't want you guys to be wasting your time and money on products and procedures that don't work. So let's actually find out what works for things like frown lines, smile lines, things like that. But also we're going to get into what actually makes us attractive, which, you know, of course is confidence and being dialed in with your body, mind, and spirit. Let's get started. Dr. Yang, tell us a little bit about your practice. Yeah, so uh, I just started practice in uh, Victoria and Vancouver. I, in Vancouver, I'm mostly doing cosmetic practice, uh, cosmetics and aesthetics. Uh, but in Victoria, I practice oculofacial plastic surgery. So it's a subspecialty of ophthalmology. Uh, you know, ophthalmology being the field where we deal with, uh, you know, eye diseases and eye surgeries. Uh, and it is a subspecialty of that field where we where we deal with uh, surgeries around the eye. So the eyelids, uh, cancers in the orbit, cancers around the eyelids, uh, as well as the aesthetic uh, practice of the uh, of the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10% of all skin cancers actually occur in the eye area. That's right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. You know, the eyes, uh, you know, the way they are shaped, you know, almost, you know, the, our, our orbit and our orbital rims, it acts almost like a satellite dish. So when sun rays, UV rays come down, they kind of get collected around our eyes. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the theory of why we get so much skin cancer on the eyelids. Yeah, yeah. Our, we do need to take very good care of our eyes. Yeah. One of the reasons why I have Dr. Yang joining us today is because I have also worked in oculoplastics since 2011 as an advanced rejuvenation nurse, offering things such as non-surgical interventions, as you do as well, including the use of neuromodulators, which soften smile and frown lines, as well as dermal fillers, which help to revolumize the face and fill in fine lines and deep wrinkles, and also even laser rejuvenation. And of course, skincare for a number of different things, including addressing brown spots, red acne scars, skin tightening, pore size, you name it. Dr. Yang, 
In your opinion, what makes men and women beautiful? Uh, I mean, that's a very good uh, question, Rachel. Uh, in terms of uh, you know men and, and women and, and the difference in terms of beauty, you know there there is a bit of a uh, dimorphism, you know, mm-hmm. when when you look at people. So for men, you know, you want so often sharper features. Yes. You know, maybe you know you know the brows you might want to have a bit more projected. The facial structures you might want some some uh, sharper cheekbones, some sharper mm-hmm. shar- sharper the angle jaw lines. Of the, the cheek is actually different for men and women. It really is. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the shape of the eye. Brow, you know, and a high arching brow for a woman versus a kind of a flatter, uh, more thicker brow for a man. You know, that's kind of w- what would convey beauty. I would say, right? Yeah, and uh, and you know, even even the thickness of the lips, you know, the the, the height of the nose, the na- the nasal bridge. These are all subtle differences that people don't really pay too much attention to individually. But when you look at the whole face in in its aesthetic unit, uh, you know, you would say, oh, this person, this male or this female, is very good looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but you know, that being said, I think, uh, you know, one thing that we'll be speaking towards later is um, of uh, balancing the whole, you know, body, mind, and spirit. Absolutely. So, you know, one huge part of beauty uh, for both a man and a woman is, um, you know, the confidence and the, the mm-hmm. ability for them to balance their lives. You know, I think that is probably one of the most attractive features that can convey beauty to someone. Definitely. Yeah. I know that in my clients who, you've heard me say this before, in my clients who are 60 plus, I actually find that they're more beautiful and almost have this greater degree of inner radiance Mm -hmm. and sort of like a wisdom that almost translates into a greater amount of beauty than say women in their 20s and 30s. Absolutely. You know, I know exactly what you're speaking of. And and it's not just uh, women, men too. I think that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as you develop um, over, you know, we both men and women age like fine wine, one would say, Mm -hmm. you know, know, if you do take care of that spirit and and that mind, uh, it could be, you know, one of the most attractive features of someone for sure. Definitely. I was actually at a loved one's funeral yesterday and i know it's all good she was 98 and a half when she passed away oh my goodness great aunts lovely family and i came across a passage where it spoke to the effect of the body will wither Mm. but the mind and the spirit will almost you know improve and increase with age absolutely almost like this flex right you know the the outer beauty might kind of decrease a little bit but then you have the scales tipping with the sort of inner wisdom and knowledge going up yes it's interesting that's that's very sweet yeah Mm -hmm. i'd love to see that sometime Mm -hmm. yeah you mentioned what makes men and women beautiful and you spoke to confidence how does confidence reveal itself to you in your clients and interactions with men and women you know, I think I, one thing that's very obvious is eye contact. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being able to have a, you know, not, you know, not staring at someone, but, you know, able to just have some proper amount of eye contact with someone, that's, that does convey confidence. But, you know, just in the way one would carry themselves, the way they speak, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, not trying to, you know, you know, you don't try to over psychoanalyze someone, but when someone's speaking to you, you just kind of listen to uh, what their point is. And, and then, you know, you could really gain when someone is trying to, you know, prove something versus when someone is actually very confident and happy with who they are. I think it's when you find that that nice, you know, mixture of someone who's, you know, good looking and also 
uh, you know, inner inner beauty. They they're happy with who they are and they're mm-hmm. confident about that. That's when you have someone that's just you know very very attractive. Right. Yeah. Like if you see someone who's attractive on Instagram, yeah, with the use of facial filters to make their different features be tweaked. This yes. Bad. Right. And then um, you know they might look a certain way on social media and then you meet them in real life and just right. the way that they speak you can tell that they're not kind or they're yes. not being very loving like that just totally negates it absolutely you know that inner beauty is very important and it's kind of funny people joke about that saying oh you're much beautiful more beautiful when you uh, were quiet <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, not, not that that's what people tell me but hopefully not at least but <laughs> that's hilarious yeah, yeah or I think the running joke now is oh you're so much more beautiful than I thought you were than from your profile or that is hilarious like that. it's really yeah. funny what are some of the benefits of rejuvenation that you see? Obviously, a lot of the products that you spoke of earlier, they do work. The neuromodulators or uh, better known in the public as uh, botulinum toxin, Botox, you know, things like that, or um, Dysport, you know, they have different ones out there. Uh, but uh, for and, and for fillers, too, uh, those those do make a difference, I find, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, contours, shadows, the way that light hits someone's face and how it conveys uh, youth. Uh, but uh, in terms of um, rejuvenation, uh, beyond those things, you know, uh, lasers, skin cream stuff, I think I think these things all work and they all uh, create a overall picture of youth to someone. And, you know, for some reason, whether it's it's nature, whether it's, uh, you know, the way we have uh, social media or or our um, advertising, who knows, that that gets to us, we do see youth as beauty, right? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's whether that's in more nature or whether that's from society. Right. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, that's that's one way that I think rejuvenation really does um, help someone convey more beauty. Well, at the same time, when someone does feel that they've had a difference done to them, I've seen this, I've seen this time and time again in my patients. I see a huge difference in, say, their crow's feet wrinkles, their right. foreheads or something, you know, their eyelid lips. And no skincare cream. Just to be clear to you guys listening, no skincare care cream or laser treatment is going to do with it what an injectable can do no for crow's feet front lines not even close yeah. like can't even touch it save your it. money on the beauty gimmicks yeah it drives us crazy when I you know. see those right yeah I mean, before was, and afters and they're usually upper lower eyelid surgery for yeah. you know fixing puffy eyelid bags right yeah there's no way that there's no way that um you know the skincare creams you know they supplement for sure if someone has dry skin a rash yes. stuff like that but then when it comes to just pure wrinkles and things like that there's definitely no different you know there's nothing that matches just you know candidly speaking yeah yeah uh that you know, compared to uh, neuromodulators but i think that when people do combine all these things and then they feel better they feel they look and feel more youthful and more beautiful um they end up conveying that in their confidence and personality as well yes i love yeah. that that's actually what i love the most about what i do yeah is when i meet with someone i do a consult with them i go over everything skincare yeah. lasers injectables body sculpting, surgical options, right? Right. And then they start the journey. It can take one to two years to actually get all those underway, depending on someone's budget and lifestyle. But when you see that shift in someone and they're doing that, I look at it truly as self-care. Absolutely. And when people are getting treatments done, they're usually actually looking after themselves in other aspects as well, body, mind, spirit. Right. It's actually less superficial than you guys might think. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) that's that's what I find very frustrating. I think, uh, you know, maybe in in certain generations, uh, it was always seen as something very superficial to do, uh, cosmetic, uh, aesthetic treatments. Uh, but, But there's no doubt that the mind is so important in terms of health. 
And if you're if you're not feeling well, it doesn't matter how beautiful you're on the outside, you're not going to be looking beautiful to That's people. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we all know the yeah. surgeon who I work with, and I have since 2011. Dr. Stephen Baker is an amazing oculoplastic surgeon. You guys are actually doing some surgeries together. That's right. We work together all the time. He's a great guy. For you listening, when you hear me say. When you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you look good. I got it from him. <laughs> and it's the best phrase ever. Cause yeah. It's so true. It really gets to the heart of everything. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's that's it in a, summed up in a you know, couple sentences for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I'll see women and they say, oh, you know, I want to look less tired. I want to look more awake. Mm-hmm. I want people to think I'm not grouchy or like having that resting face. You know, <laughs> we all know about RBF, that. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it, honestly, what fixes? is it like don't do facial yoga please do not do facial yoga because what that does is it's actually going to strengthen your facial muscles Mm -hmm. and what a lot of these neuromodulators do for reducing things like frowning and crow's feet is actually to relax the muscles that's right that's right it's the (laughs) interfaces of um when you're ring when you're when you're smiling or when you're making your facial gestures, that really caused the wrinkles to come out, of course. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Some smile lines and some frown lines is good. Like, yeah. We're not talking about being completely flat affect, not no. showing expression. It's really an art. Yes. So when you're seeking people out for these types of procedures, if that's kind of in your path, then, you know, take a good look at who's doing your treatments. If they look yeah. non-human, you'll probably look non-human. Right, right. And, <laughs> and if that's the look you're going for, that's, uh, you know, by all means. But, <laughs> but we're not but, the people to perpetuate that. But that's not, that. no, yeah. you know, I, I really push for a uh, very natural result. Healthy look. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yes. I don't want someone to come out looking like they have a duck or fish lips. No, no, no. Or, or you know, they look like they're plastic. Uh, I just, you know, want someone to look. The biggest compliment I can get is when a patient comes back and tells me, people tell me, you look rested, you look happier. Yes, I love and it. Th- and that's when I'm like, good, I've hit the, I've hit the nail on the head. Job, you know, that's, well that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm aiming for. Yeah. I don't want someone to come back and say, they asked me, did you get Botox? Because that's mm-hmm. way too much. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't want that kind of reaction. The best yeah. work is undetectable. Yes, that's right. Very subtle. What is your favorite anti-aging? Okay, well, first off, I hate the word. I hate to say hey. You've heard me say this before. The (laughs) word anti-aging, it's cosmetic procedures, regenerative medicine. What is your favorite cosmetic procedure, both surgically and non-surgically? That's a great question. I think for uh, surgically, I find, and I'm not, uh, this may sound biased because I'm an oculoplastic surgeon, but truthfully, when you do look at someone and the first signs of aging are always around the eyes. The skin around the eyes is Abs- thin as an eggshell. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's a different skin than the yeah. rest of your body. Yes. So it's the first one to, you know, the first part of your body to, that people notice it. And also because pe- when people speak to you, it's the first place they look. They look mm-hmm. at your eyes. And then... Uh, the eyes are the lamp. That's right. The that's right. Yeah, the lamp. Yeah, the headlights of the car, <laughs> yeah, right? So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, the skin there is so thin that uh, you know it starts drooping and wrinkling more easily mm-hmm. especially uh, the number of times we blink a day you know stretching you know, relaxing stretching yeah. you know that's why the skin the especially the upper lid skin uh, starts drooping uh, when you're smiling the wrinkles around the eyes you know they develop and also as we age the fat around our eyes that are meant to be shock absorbers and protect our eyeball they start pouching out and you get these eye bags right so absolutely the the when I look at someone, the first sign of aging is around the eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why for non-surgical, uh, doing neuromodulators, so uh, botulinum toxin kind of thing. Right, for prevention. I personally, like, 
don't be fooled. I started all this stuff when I was 25. Wow. And, and that's why you still look 24. So <laughs> not 25, 24. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, botulinum toxin around the, around the eyes. Uh, I think so. I think, and I've seen it work wonders over and over and over again, mm-hmm. uh, to help someone look more youthful, more well rested. And then surgically, I think you know, upper and lower lid blepharoplasty, uh, just to kind of, especially the uppers, cause lowers might take, you know, you might be a little older before the pouching comes out. But then, eyelid uh, surgery is actually the most common surgeries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's most commonly performed. And then botulinum toxin is the most common That's right. you know, injectable yeah. Uh, yeah. procedure. Especially yeah. after age 40. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. No, And, and the, especially when you see the upper eyelids kind of have this wavy, wrinkly kind of look. Mm-hmm. People, you know, it just conveys looking older for mm-hmm. someone. So having that straightened, uh, you know, flattened and slightly augmented a little bit yes. really works, uh, works wonders. An aesthetic ideal for the lash line is actually to be parallel with your lid crease, correct? Yes, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then we spoke of uh, the eyebrows a bit earlier, but for a woman to have be slightly more arched and higher yes. than men. So. But we're not talking yeah. like Spock. Okay. No. When you see a Spock yeah. eyebrow, that's when yeah. um, that can be described as you know, if you remember Spock from Star Trek. I don't know if I'm <laughs> dating myself, but yes, that's I grew okay. up watching yeah. Star Trek. Um, the brows can just they they can come up to too high of a point. Yes. Um, so you want to be careful when you're grooming your eyebrows, things like that. But a skilled injector will do what's called a treatment to your frontalis muscle. Mm-hmm. And when it's done properly, you don't get sort of a lateral lift that's a bit too accentuated. Right. And the trick with injectables is to find, it's a half art, half science. Being beautiful, all these treatments, it's a lot of science to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the treatments from one provider to the next can vary dramatically. So it can, just like uh, you know, if simplify it like a hair a haircut or a hairdresser, you know, you go from a one person to another. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you, know, you know, or Barbara, I was saying, yeah. but you can have a totally different haircut by saying the same what you want. Yeah, uh, just because it's a different person. So everyone has their own their own take and their own uh, skill, and mm-hmm. and that's why you know finding doing your research and finding an injector that you know, agrees with what you're kind of looking for. You resonate with them. Yeah. But what I was getting at in particular is the injection points can vary from person to person. Oh, absolutely. And how many units are applied in certain areas. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it takes a, a, you know, a, an expert to look at the face, to look, you know, to know the anatomy well, to know the muscles well. And, uh, and have the experience to say, okay, well, you know, this person probably needs a little less here. The eyebrows mm-hmm. are already almost spocked, right? Quote, yeah. So if they are, I'm definitely going to put some on the certain parts of the frontalis to make sure that they don't spike too yeah. or spock too high yeah. when you're doing the Botox around the eyes or botulinum toxin around the eyes. Yeah. So some of the key areas where you can have injectables um, that we're talking about, it's between the brows, so what's mm-hmm. commonly referred to the 11s, the crow's feet around the eyes. Advanced techniques off-label include some buddy lines to the nose, mm-hmm. um, sometimes lip lines, uh, also jowls and dimple chin. I do that all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, mid-face, lower face to really give a sharper jawline. Mm-hmm. That's huge in the beauty industry right now mm-hmm. is getting that angular jaw. Yes, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, there are a lot of different products at uh, the botulinum toxin, the fillers, uh, even you know different types of um, deoxycholic acid mm-hmm. that is used to try to melt away some of the fat to try to define the the chin yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, there's there are all sorts. It's definitely huge in the industry yeah. right now. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is look for a provider off Groupon. Yes. <laughs> in Canada, it actually goes uh, in in regards to our our ethics. We can't promote treatments on Groupon. Right. It's different in the States. 
but you generally don't want to look for the cheapest provider. You want to really find someone that you resonate with. Right, absolutely. What are the main differences between neuromodulators and dermal fillers? To me, they're they're very different. Uh, You know, neuromodulators are uh, botulinum toxin. They're something that is used to relax the muscles uh, wherever you do inject them, you, you know, around the face. Uh, whereas filler is a hyaluronic acid material that is that is used. Uh, you know, hyaluronic acid is natural. It's, you know, we have it in our in our eyeballs, in our joints, things like that. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So it's in our skin, of course. So I mean, it's it's stuff that is used to um, you know, so it, it dissolves over time. But what it does is uh, temporarily it uh, fills parts of your of your face. Mm-hmm. So you know, as as you know, Rachel, um, being uh, so experienced in facial fillers and botulinum. Our face, you know, there are three parts to, to beauty in, in our faces. Uh, you know, when you look at someone, you, you look at their skin, their skin quality and their wrinkles, right? Things like that. You look at the facial structures, the bone structure, mm-hmm. and you look at the volume, mm-hmm. right? So with with something like botulinum toxin neuromodulators, you can, you can help with the skin quality. It might not do everything for the skin, you know, things like lasers, moisturizers, other things, you know. Uh, it totally helps me with breakouts. Yes. When I do my jawline and my forehead, yeah. breakouts gone. Yeah, I've, I never knew you could <laughs> get breakouts. It's amazing. Just <laughs> and what yeah. I've discovered is, uh, I think there's yet to be some studies out on this, but yeah. I really think that it's used for sweating. Yeah. So right. what I'm thinking is that it reduces the action of the sebaceous glands. That probably makes sense. You know, like, you know, people who have hydrosis and palms and foreheads, yeah, they get Botox or toxin and helps. But a lot of people People yeah. complain of hormonal acne to the jawline. Yeah. And a lot of times when I get people on a really good medical grade skincare routine, yeah. cleansing morning and night, moisturizing yeah. morning and night, sunscreen every day, exfoliating, yeah. getting some glycolic acid chemical peels, different laser treatments like IPL for the redness. Right. And then honestly, um, neuromodulator to yeah. the area, it's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I, I love, you know, wonder if someone should do a study on that because that would be a really interesting uh, conclusion. Um, yeah, it sounds like all those things would help. Chemical peels, these uh, you know skincare products, they probably do help unplug a lot of the pores and, and stuff as well. So yeah. yeah, it sounds like a nice synergy of all those products that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I was saying you know, and then so for the skin product, skin uh, quality, that's one part of it. But the other two, you know, the volume loss and the bone changes. Yes, uh, those are also a big part of of conveying beauty from the face and something like a hyaluronic filler. Um, we'll be able to try to, you know, with a, in a skilled injector's hand, we'll be able to try to replace those parts that have volume loss, as well as replace the areas of bone uh, loss as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, I did uh, some uh, work with uh, Becky Fitzgerald in uh, in Hollywood. Uh, she's one of the most well-known, uh, you know, aesthetic injectors around, and uh, you know, she was always preaching. And on the uh, bone changes in the face, because yes. that's something that I don't think we, uh, the world thinks about enough, and the aesthetic world thinks about enough. You know, we do think about it a little bit, but we're always thinking about volume loss and skin skin uh, quality. Yep. But the bone changes, you know, when when she looked at all these CT scans of people, uh, you know, throughout their their lives for one reason or another, just retrospectively, she re- she's noticed that. You know, different parts of the orbit would change. You know, the mm-hmm. the piriformis aperture by the nose would would widen and change. The and eye actually becomes more set back. That's right. Yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, the temples I'm, hollow. The, yeah, the zygomatic bone, which is your cheekbone. Yeah, that actually recesses back. And yeah. same with your mandible, which is your jawbone. Yeah. So when you do dermal fillers, you restore that malar fat pad, which is kind of right under your lower eyelid, and right. then. 
uh, a little bit into kind of just in front of the jowls, which is the marionette zone, yeah. and then some projection to the chin is really common. Yeah, yeah, and it's amazing, uh, you know, how these subtle differences. You would think, you know, if you're just doing one or two of them, you might not. Be, but then when you when you look at the whole face as a unit, mm-hmm. uh, all the all the uh, you know aesthetic subunits put together, uh, you know, you just get this gestalt of, wow, this person looks a lot younger and a mm-hmm. lot more, um, you know, rejuvenated. Depending yeah. on what age you are listening to this, some of the common areas that I see start to lose volume first. I know for me personally, it was actually a little bit in my cheeks. Mm-hmm. So when I was 29, I had just a tiny bit of dermal filler, mm-hmm. um, just into the, the what's called the malar fat pad area. Mm-hmm. A little bit into the lips, things like that. And so when you're younger, if you can look at doing rejuvenation procedures from a preventative standpoint and just doing the revolumizing as it happens as opposed to waiting until you're 60 plus and you literally have to redo the whole foundation that's right that's right it takes uh, a lot of time to re- redo the whole foundation mm-hmm. for and sure if you can just set yourself up for aging well and understand what products and procedures actually work mm-hmm. you're golden preventative uh, botulinum toxin is something that that I like to do, uh, especially for people who you see a lot of wrinkles uh, around their eyes on their forehead. Runners, uh, yeah, see that a lot with runners. Yes, all this uh, you know the UV exposure they get, and and you know they look youthful. Their whole body looks youthful, as you're saying the runners. Uh, but then their face, you know, when when they are expressive, you can just see that everything is wrinkling up, and and that um, you know it just doesn't really match with the rest of their body. The wrinkles at that stage are usually called dynamic wrinkles, where they only mm-hmm. show up when you're making these facial expressions, which is fine. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah I think you I think, want some of those wrinkles. You, absolutely, absolutely. But then. At some point, they become static, where even when you're not making these, you know, raising your eyebrows or making smiles or something, uh, you get these dark, uh, deep lines, these deep static wrinkles. They cast shadows, which is what makes us look older. You know, when you're getting to that point uh, where your dynamic wrinkles are becoming static, that's probably a good time to start doing some yeah. a preventative botulinum toxin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, I did tanning beds when I was younger. No, I scold myself for that. Oh, no, yeah. I started uh, to notice a little bit of accelerated aging from a younger age. Um, I did make sure, if you did tanning too when you were younger, make sure you get your moles checked out. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's important. Skin cancer is real. Mm -hmm. I like to think of the differences between neuromodulators, um, like, you know, let's say some brand names here, Dyspor, Botox, things like that, right. and fillers, which are hyaluronic acid, like your Restylane, your Juvederm. Yeah. I, I like to think of neuromodulators and dermal fillers kind of like how you compare a cleanser and a moisturizer. They do two completely different things, but they're kind of in the same category. They're in mm. this the category of injectables. So as you mentioned, I'll just paraphrase, neuromodulators soften smile lines, frown lines, things like that. It can give a nice brow lift, shrink your jowls, fix a dimpled chin, wrinkles on the forehead. And dermal fillers add a little bit of volume. So to the cheeks, to the lips, to the marionette zone, they cause a little bit more of an augmentation, if you will. And they last different different lengths of time. What is the downtime with injectables and how long do they take to work? Neuromodulators, the Botox, the Dysport, the Zeomin, things like that, uh, you know, they take a few days. You know, uh, it, it depends on, on the person and how much you inject it. But you start seeing some results in, the, in a couple of days and then, you know, it takes a few days until uh, you see some uh, greater results. And then a couple of weeks before some of the more static looking wrinkles mm-hmm. start to disappear. That, so you know, that does take a little bit of time, but it, you know it does work wonders. And the fillers, you see the results right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. And often the skilled injector's hands, you don't overdo it because you know that part of it is is uh, swelling. So you don't over underdo. You kind of have this fine balance, right. this fine, this fine, you know, sweet, sweet spot or sweet zone. It's like inflating an air mattress. You get just to the right point. <laughs> That's a great analogy. It's yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Exactly. Yes. Some of the filler effect is from swelling. So you mm-hmm. know, it's going to come down a bit. So you right. just, you want to get it just enough that it's not too much swelling, but not so little, not too little either that it disappears too fast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's this kind of a sweet spot for sure. Uh, yeah. Filler, you see the results right away. Uh, both, you could have some bruising, you know, that's, that's natural with any type of injectable. So avoid blood thinning products such as aspirin, ibuprofen, St. John's wort, vitamin E, alcohol, and your omega supplements. Absolutely. And and uh, <laughs> and for uh, people who like to cook out there, anything that starts with a G. So any, oh, yeah, any, any ginseng, ginseng ginger? ginkgo, ginger, yeah. And you know any of those, oh they cause a little bit of bleeding as well. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Well, I mean, don't Something avoid new. it. I mean, you got to enjoy your meals, but then you know, just uh, don't overload on the garlic bread the night before or the the week before you're getting injectables. Fascinating. Yeah. So um, I learned something new from you. <laughs> well, no, I'm sure you I'm sure you have, but it's it's uh, just kind of neat to see uh, that you know with these with, with these injectables, you see the results pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, the downtimes are very minimal. Even with the injectable neuromodulators, you do have these little like. Um, Mosquito bite-like swellings that disappear within a you like know, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like you know, what that's you go back related to, to is yeah. when you get the neuromodulator product, it comes frozen, and we add normal saline to it. Right. So it's a little bit of like a salt water solution that's mixed with it. So that's what you're seeing underneath the skin. Yeah. It's just a little bit of that that normal saline with the the. Uh, proteins and, and such and then it just gets reabsorbed yeah it just it disappears as you said in 10 minutes 15 minutes or so it's it's just it's not long lasting any any spots little bruise and stuff you know you foundation cover-up can really hide those mm-hmm. uh but you know for the most part uh especially using a very thin um needle for injection people don't notice but mm-hmm. you wouldn't really see it so. that's right yeah and with dermal fillers, I do like to say that the lips swell for a good 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. So avoid some social downtime. That's right. Yes. Yeah. For the fillers. Have <laughs> some social downtime. Yeah. Just plan it in that you're doing it on a time where, uh, you know, you can you can hide for a little bit if you have to. But, you know, even that, some people just kind of get by with it. So, yeah. Full disclaimer, I just had my neuromodulator treatment last right? Friday. And it's, oh, wow. You know, how's it looking? It looks great. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it still moved my face nicely. Yeah, that's good. It <laughs> looks very natural. Whoever did it did a great job. Yeah. Might have done it myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say when you meet with someone, yeah. take a look at how they look. Because yeah. most skilled injectors are... So let's just say it. They're doing their own. Right? And right. Um, if they are good, they're dexterous enough to do their own. Right. So, yes. I mean, that is true. Not a lot of people will say that. Yeah. However, if you go on Instagram, you'll see pictures of some plastic surgeons yeah. doing their own. And it's, it's all... Yeah, it's whatever. all out there. It's all good. It's all out there, yeah. Um, but, but that's one of the reasons why it's important to look at who's doing your treatments. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to Dr. Patrick Yang and I talk about some of the various rejuvenation procedures, including neuromodulators, dermal fillers, eyelid surgery, facial surgeries, all that fun stuff. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can find Dr. Yang at... So on Instagram, Dr. Pretty Eyes. Love it. (laughs) Thank you. It's very true. You have very yeah. beautiful eyes. And you give other people beautiful eyes. Oh, well, it's more for the second part you do. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Be sure to follow me, Rachel Varga, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and even Pinterest. And watch out for more podcasts. It's going to be a beautiful adventure.